This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It is 7.12 and you are listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn. And now, following the Semenanjung White blackout earlier this week, we're talking about whether our power grid is future-proof. Just seemed like a, a good time, the right time to do it. So, um, as mentioned, two days ago, several parts of KL and Selangor were hit by a major blackout, including areas like Shalam, Nilai, Hulu Langat, Bukit Jalil, Selayang, Segambut, Chera, Sri Kembangan, Bangi, and several other states were also affected, including Negeri Sembilan, Kedah, Perak and Penang. So subsequently, um, Tanaga National did issue a statement saying that it was caused by a fire at a transmission main intake station in Yongping in Johor, which resulted in a load loss of 2.2 gigawatts, equivalent to 10% of the total supply demand on the peninsula. They also later announced that they had fully restored the electricity supply as of 3.02pm. So we're talking about something like three hours um, because people were reporting this happening at about noon. The blackout affected uh, all sorts of spaces, um, KLIA, shopping malls, rail services, uh, telcos and traffic lights. Uh, you know, there were also reports of people stuck in elevators. So all of which to say, um, I think this had us wondering about what our power system actually looks like and what we perhaps need to be doing to future-proof it. So let us know, are there changes you'd like to see in our power systems? You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now to talk about this, we have Ayu Abdullah, co-founder and regional director for Southeast Asia at Energy Action Partners. Uh, Ayu, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Hi, thank you for having me. Really glad to be here. So we rarely experience blackouts on the scale that we did a couple of days ago. Uh, were you surprised when it did happen? I was. I was just as surprised as anyone else. Um, you're absolutely right that we very rarely experience blackouts on this scale that affect multiple states. I think the last time we had a major blackout was almost 10 years ago. And even then it was really only Klang Valley. Um, and, you know, before that, a a blackout of this scale probably happened more than 15 years ago in 2005. So I was, I was quite surprised. I guess the question that um, I was wondering about is how up-to-date are our power grid systems generally? I mean, how difficult is it to keep them maintained? Mm -hmm. Well, our grid infrastructure is not that old. Um, we actually started building our grid back in the 1990s. So it's really less than like 30 years old. And, you know, grid, grids are meant to last for decades. Um, you know, the U.S. power grid is is over 100 years old, for example. And so it's, it's really meant to last a really long time. And I think the fact that we've not experienced a major blackout like this, you know, since almost 10 years ago shows that TNB has done a pretty good job in maintaining its, um, its infrastructure. Um, and it, it was restored in, you know, like you said, under three hours. So it was very quickly addressed um, and shows that the substations kind of suppression and safety features kicked in quite quickly. You know, it was able to detect, alert, isolate the issue. Um, and then, you know, it, it was islanded so that it was contained, you know, even though it did hit, you know, multiple, multiple states, unfortunately. Um, and equipment and infrastructure can malfunction, right? And But I think our utility has done quite a good job in responding to it and maintaining the, the infrastructure. 
So what sort of backup systems do we have in place for scenarios like these? Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, at the individual substations, definitely there's a lot of um, systems in place to, to detect and alert, like I said, and isolate the issues. Um, our grid is, is islanded in that if, you know, if certain things malfunction, then it very can very quickly kind of cut off um, different parts of the grid. Um, and so that's that's what we have in place right now. Um, so which is which is you know similar to any other grid in any other country. Um, TNB, however, has been making a lot of um, efforts and investment into what they're calling the grid of the future. Uh, and that is going into upgrading and updating the grid. And um, this is mostly to, you know, digitalize a lot of, of the, the data, um, smart metering, you know, a lot of advanced smart metering for, for users and users to really know what's going on. Um, and then also to, to be able to increase our renewable energy penetration and, and prepare it for, for yeah, uh, you know, a future uh, grid with, with higher renewable energy um, generation and things like that. So um, we wanted to speak to you about, in some senses, future-proofing our grid, um, you know, mm-hmm. ensuring that we're doing it sustainably. Are there sustainable options that can mitigate the risks of power outages? Yes. So there is definitely technology out there um, to, you know, a lot of work going into new technology to increase resiliency of grids. Um, there are things like, you know, grid level energy storage, right? So you can, uh, but but that's still quite, I think for our grid, especially quite a ways off. Um, there's also microgrids. And so that would be um, smaller generation of electricity closer to where a lot of the loads are being consumed. Um, and these are, you know, ways to also in, increase renewable energy penetration because you can have, um, you know, renewable energy microgrids, uh, and then adding them to the grid, right? Connecting them to the grid. And so, what that would mean is, um, in situations like this, you have, you can, you know, kind of cut off um, the the grid around around the microgrid, right? And be independent of the the grid. And that's one way to to future-proof or, or add more resiliency to, to our grid. Are these options being considered on a nationwide level? Um, our, I think the priority of TNB right now is to upgrade and update their current grid infrastructure. Um, and that would, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, increase, you know, um, smart grids. Uh, we have, I think right now, we we've started seeing that you know our our meters right at the consumer level is being converted from those old sort of someone going to your house to you know tell you read your meter right to like these smart meters um and that that rollout is happening although it's not as quickly as we want it to be but it's happening and especially with you know the situation everyone being under lockdown in covid uh, that definitely sped up a lot of that and i think um also you know to to tnb's kind of credit um you really put it at high priority to start updating your infrastructure. Um, but in terms of increasing, say, you know, in, in, like, for example, having the microgrids, um, that hasn't, I haven't really seen that 
as part of their strategy. Their strategy is still to update their current grid infrastructure and be able to increase renewable energy penetration that we currently um, are working towards, such as rooftop solar and large-scale solar. Um, and that is also because you know, we have a, a target of um, improving our renewable energy capacity mix to 31% by 2025. Um, but, you know, like I said, I think I think it really hasn't been a major priority just because they've been doing a pretty good job at maintaining the grid and and something like this hasn't happened in a, in a while. So if we talk about the, the possibility of implementing microgrids or other more sustainable options, um, I, th- I think we wanted to touch on the subject of feasibility, partly because a lot of our urban areas are still expanding, right? So as, as we built that out, um, you know, what would it take, I suppose, to make them feasible? Yeah. Um, so it would take it would take a shift in in um, how how our energy market is currently structured. Uh, we have a an energy market where we have a single buyer, single grid owner. So you know you have independent power. You may have independent power producers, but they're all selling to the grid owner, which is currently TNB. Um, the grid of the future or say, and and this is happening in in a lot of other parts of the world in developed countries, um, you know, democratization of the the energy system. And so not just having a single owner or or one option to, to, you know, buy your electricity from, but having multiple options. And that increases um, the resiliency of the grid because now you have, you know, you have multiple players in, in the grid, right? It's not just all on one one stakeholder. Um, for that to happen, there needs to be a big change in in the way it's structured. So we do need to have new policies, um, a new way of of um, implementing these these private you know generation sources and and them being able to sell directly to consumers. Um, and we have like our country has started to to look into that. So there has been. Um, there have been small pilot projects um, using blockchain for peer-to-peer, you know, sales of electricity, and so that's you know, just from one one producer to an end user. Um, but it hasn't really been built out, and uh, I, th- I think it'll take some time for 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 that to happen, and and for you know the, the energy market to kind of shift to to into that direction. And so that needs to happen in order for us to start implementing these. Um, multiple new technologies that aren't just being invested in by TNB, but by other stakeholders. Ayu, is there anything you'd like to leave us with on perhaps how else we could future-proof our power grids? Yeah, I think, like, like I mentioned, I think there has to be a big shift in the energy market, right? And so that means that our policies have to change. There needs to be definitely stronger political will to to make that happen. But I think... Um, as end users, right, the public also can can play a role in in um, educating ourselves on our options and what kind of technologies are out there, um, and demanding it basically. Because I think if there's a demand for it, um, then you know there there has to be change, right? TNB themselves will also respond to the market, um, and so I think that my call would be for everyone to kind of yeah learn about all these technologies and options. And then, you know, try to to build the demand for it. Ayu, thank you so much for weighing in today. Thank you for having me.
That was Ayu Abdullah, co-founder and regional director for Southeast Asia at Energy Action Partners, uh, talking to us today about basically how to future-proof our power grid, how it is that we should be perhaps considering rethinking in some ways our mindset. Um, and we were asking you, are there changes you'd like to see in our power systems? You can call us, WhatsApp us, tweet us. Um, we do have this from Munif, which isn't strictly a suggestion, but uh, I, I just thought it was funny. Um, so Munif says, social media was blowing up about the blackout. My friends from different states were freaking out about it. Some even left their offices to chill or eat or go home. But and this is in caps, annoyingly, my office was just fine. I had half a mind to chop off our solar panel cables, um, which, to be fair, Munif, while social media was blowing up, there were also people blowing up about exactly this, about how their lives were uninterrupted in a way that they weren't particularly happy with. Um, but, you know, on the bright side, it's solar panel works, you know, this is a good thing on balance, but yes, uh, keep those thoughts coming. You can, again, call 7733-2900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. And now we've got MGMT with Electric Feel, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.